there's a lot of bad news out there. How about some good news? I know that there are earthquakes and tsunamis, but I'd estimate that 90% of the bad news is because of bad people. If we're going to get good news from a far country, we need good people from a far country. Well, maybe that is the bad news. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. But God commended his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And he did more than just clean those who repented and believed. The Holy Spirit lives within us and gave us a new nature. In short, he made us good. With the ongoing war in Ukraine, I have wanted to periodically pour a cup of good news from that part of the world for you. I did not post any episode in June from Ukraine, but we're going to start this month with a unique update from a man in his mid-twenties named Josiah. Josiah is not Ukrainian. He is from Illinois, but he sensed the Lord leading him to get involved and to help the Ukrainian people. He called me earlier this year, and I have hence put him in contact with Gospel Link preachers that are needing volunteers. Now Josiah by trade is a paramedic, and he hoped to use this skill in Ukraine. But if you have ever tried to follow God, you soon learn that we devise our plans and the Lord directs our steps. Josiah hasn't dodged any artillery fire, and he doesn't have any cliffhanger stories, but he is in Ukraine today and has been for more than six weeks. There is no glamor in what he is about to share, but it is fresh and current, and it's good news from a far country. introduce myself here. My name's Josiah. My family lives close to St. Louis. So I came to Ukraine in the month of May. My first day here was the 20th. And I came here to uh, volunteer. The church, the church group is, is called Family of Christ. And they volunteer and assist on many different levels from helping evacuees early on during the Russian invasion, which was pretty dangerous for them to transporting basics, um, hygiene, food, water, both for churches and um, help centers in these um, war-stricken regions and also assisting the military. But in short, Family of Christ has transported, I learned, hundreds of tons of supplies, not just a few tons, but hundreds of tons of supplies since the war began uh, in Ukraine. Uh, maybe about half of their deliveries go to a church and the other half go to community centers, whether it's, you know, just a, a warehouse or building designated for the use or to the military. But again, often what, what goes to a church will often end up going to another, you know, distribution center like a warehouse or to the military, since a lot of the military 
you know, supplies are coming from from the church. Again, it's it's a uh, the Ukrainian people are doing a lot right now. The volunteers are doing a lot. Um, so these donations come from pretty much pretty much everywhere. I asked a manager here, uh, Rudolph, and he said that some of it comes from he says connections, <laughs> but uh, people that he knows in Poland, in Hungary, they're also coming from people who are just giving donations based in the United Kingdom and of course people based in the United States like Gospel Link. I, I don't I haven't heard of any substantial <laughs> government money coming in. I know a lot of it is is coming from individuals and and uh, smaller organizations. So um, so Family of Christ operates out of a large and a large warehouse in Ushgarad. And there's a lot, there's a lot of volunteers. There, there may be a hundred, some of them, uh, Ushgarad locals and some of them are, you know, displaced from their homes, whether they lived in, in Kiev or in, in the far East, Kharkiv, uh, one young man from Mariupol. So when we, when we transport at least back in June, a minimum of five trucks a week is what was being sent out. And sometimes, sometimes we used minivans, smaller vehicles, but a lot of times we're using uh, larger sprinter vans with a high roof and no seats. So a lot of storage capacity and, and often going to separate locations. But I can, I can name a few places in the past five weeks that, that they've been to and some of these I've been to as well. Uh, one week a trip to Kharkiv, one week a trip to uh, Mykolaiv, which was for the military, and we transported um, hundreds and hundreds of chemical protection suits for the soldiers to wear. Another week to um, Zaporozhia, and that week was for um, bringing food and hygiene items, but also taking refugees back from Zaporozhia to, to the west, to Ushgarad, where they could have a safer place to stay. So on a lot of these trips, uh, Family of Christ will uh, provide a ride for individuals or families that need a, a ride to, to safety, to a safer place. There's a good handful of guys that, that drive, but um, we do share the driving. Yes, from pretty much from day one, I, I jumped in there and was driving with them and learning the Ukrainian roads, a little bit different than here in the States, generally the same. We covered a lot of miles. Most, most trips are over a thousand kilometers one way, and we generally break it up over four days, sometimes three. For me, it's not boring. Um, for anyone that's been to Ukraine, especially in the springtime, it really is pretty. Um, in the west, uh, the mountains are very, very scenic, um, very green. Rainfall is very good on the, on the west side. And then in the east, of course, it's um, uh, very fertile. Lots and lots of wheat fields. Um, it's not a stereotype. Ukraine is, you know, very agricultural. So it's very, it's very pretty. Um, we do have to go through a lot of block posts, a lot of military checkpoints. Yes, yes. I've really, I've, I've taken lots of pictures uh, <laughs> since I came. So um, lots, lots of, uh, you know, even though it's, even though it's wartime, I've still. Got to do a little sightseeing, uh, both in uh, both in Kiev, um, some in Zaporozhia, even a weekend trip to Odessa to see the city, and uh, really a 
very beautiful country. The, the cities have some very, very old uh, buildings that are still in great shape and um, <laughs> some, some, cool, some cool architecture. So when, when I'm not busy working, I uh, take some time to uh, explore and, and we'll go and stop in at a restaurant and enjoy some good uh, Ukrainian cuisine. And uh, I, I do want to highlight um, what the church is doing in Ukraine here because it is, to me, impressive. These people live in, uh, some of them in very dangerous areas. This group of believers in Zaporozhia, less than, less than 30 kilometers from the front line. But they're here assisting refugees and easily over 100 a day come through this one church and these people are in need of uh, a meal, a shower, a place to sleep before they continue their trip west to safety. Maybe the thing that's impressed me the most about the church here is the, the faith that these, these friends have in God's protection and, you know, their willingness to stay here and work, even though it's dangerous. And they could, you know, these people don't have to stay here. They, you know, they could, uh, they could take a train or jump in their cars too, and they could go stay in Germany for three months or six months. I'll tell you about a friend... A, a man here that I traveled with to Zaporozhia. He's he's a Ukrainian man about he's about 35 years old, and me and him spent hours and hours together on the on the road from Uskarab to Zaporozhia. And I asked him, "Why are you working here in Ukraine?" I mean, his his family lives lives abroad where they can be safe. So I asked him, "You know, you're working hard here. You're in danger. Tell me about that." And he said. Uh, he, he mentioned Ukraine's long history of um, hardship and um, really just the disadvantages they, they've seen from their neighbor, Russia. He said that, you know, my dream is to see a, a free and peaceful Ukraine. And, and in the past few years, we've seen a lot of good changes. And so I'm going to stick it out here you know, and, and help my country in hopes of, of helping achieve that. So I was impressed by that. But like I said, I've, I've uh, met a few volunteers, um, you know, uh, from other places, but uh, by and large, yeah, totally, um, this is um, a Ukrainian effort. <laughs> so, so far, um, I've been in Ushkabat almost uh, entirely except for road time, which is a lot, for about four days a week on the road. But I've, I definitely see the same pattern kind of with these different churches we're visiting. We go, we go to drop off these supplies and we stop and it's a church. And there's, you know, a bunch of volunteers and people there to help and the church will distribute to everyone who, who needs it. I briefly met believers at multiple churches in about three different cities, one of them being Zaporozhia. And I can tell that they're doing a lot for the community. So this is something I've seen with Family of Christ pretty much since day one. They're very active in outreach, not only to refugees, but really the whole community. So on the weekends, often they'll visit, there's a bunch of local uh, orphanages here that they go to visit. And there's also some of the poor communities outside of the city. They go and visit, they bring food, they bring hygiene items, just anything these people might need. And we go there, we, we deliver this to them. It's a gift. We pray with them. 
and also, you know, ask these people, what do you need? What are your needs? Uh, you know, what can we help you with? What can we pray about with you? And these, these refugees coming in from around Ukraine, many of them have found a home with family of Christ, sometimes being given lodging and invited to church. And our, and the, our church times are very quite interactive. We share uh, testimonies. They use it as a time to also kind of discuss like their personal hardships, what they've seen in the war, and pray for each other. So it's a very, very, very interactive time, and it's a time where they develop community and, and come alongside each other. So far, my trip here in Ukraine has gone quite well. <laughs> I haven't really practiced any paramedicine since I got to Ukraine, but <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> uh, most, most of the work here isn't uh, any super acute situations, so I have considered, you know, taking taking my um, paramedic schooling and going into the hot zone, but um, that might that might be for another day. Uh, for right now, doing this volunteer work here, I think as long as long as you um, come to Ukraine because because you want to um, do what you can to help these people here as opposed to don't think you can come over here and make a massive difference all by yourself. As, as long as you just want to help out and be a team player, there's no problem. Are there dangers? Of course. But um, I've, seen, I've seen a few dangerous places <laughs> here in Ukraine. Um, we've, slept, we've slept in some uh, underground bunkers with the military, um, which they were very cool guys. We hung out for the evening and, um, you know, they, they told us some, uh, some war stories, told us a little bit about what it's like on the front lines, but a lot of those risks we can mitigate. And you just, just talk to, as long as you're communicating with your team members, oftentimes you'll know ahead of time what the dangers are going to be before you get into it. We're told, we're told in scripture to, to live our lives one day at a time, to trust God, I'm thinking of Matthew 6, the birds don't plant crops or make clothes, but they have enough. Your Heavenly Father feeds them. And I, I wouldn't say this to ever discourage someone from, from making a plan or, or trying to be prepared for the future, but no matter how much we plan in life, um, life is always unexpected. And, and here in Ukraine, of course, with, with the war and everything going on, you really can't plan everything out. But but God wants us to to follow him and just, just be ready to, to do what we can to help out, to serve him where he calls us to go and not worry too much <laughs> about what could go wrong. And uh yeah. How long is Josiah going to be in Ukraine? I am pretty sure his mother has asked the same question. Right now, it remains undetermined. Josiah is single. He's in his early 20s. 
He wants to serve the Lord in the church, and as you have heard, he's doing just that. Josiah has taken some photos of Ukraine's beauty, as well as of some of his work in ministry. And you can see those on the webpage, cupofgoodnews.org. If you'd like to send Josiah a note of encouragement, you can do that. Send me an email at dean at cupofgoodnews.org and I'll forward it on to him. I mentioned earlier in this episode that Josiah did not share any glamorous or sensational events from his time in Ukraine. But good news from a far country is like water, not necessarily fizzy like a root beer float or warming like a hot mocha. Good news is like water, plain, ordinary, unassuming, but refreshing and necessary. Thank you, Josiah, for being available and willing to serve the Lord Jesus in a far country. That's good news.